Welcome back to The Red Carpet, the podcast where we look at how well or how terribly our favorite books have been adapted to the big screen. I'm Mad. And I'm Cass. And we're so glad you've tuned in today. Hi, Cass. How are you? Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good today. She's good. It's been a while since we've recorded. I know. It always happens. And then I I think to myself, we need to record. And then we record and then I have the best time ever. Yes. Remember when we started and we got so ahead and now we're flying by the seat of our pants? I know. We had this <laughs> this luxurious, plush, yeah. supple cushion that we made yes. for ourselves. The time vortex. It's the gone. The time vortex. Gone. It's gone. Yeah, we, gone. we sat on that for a long we time. We did. We did. You know, life it. got busy. It did. Someone had to do a whole dissertation proposal. She did. I did. It's me. It's me. Hi. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. Okay. Yesterday was the first day mm-hmm. of the semester. And I always introduce myself, say a little about myself. I show pictures yeah. to do it. I'm like, here's my cat. I like baked goods. I read. And Taylor Swift. And then I said, and I'm going to a concert on Cinco de Mayo in Nashville. And yes, I did spend all day on the computer to buy them. <laughs> and I was like, if anyone else did, so sorry. It was terrible. And no yes. one said anything. And I was like, okay, whatever. You're I right. give them one right. opportunity at the beginning of the semester. I say, you can ask me anything you want. Any question mm-hmm. you can ask me. This is your one chance. And yeah. no one asked me anything. I was like, whatever. And then wow. I was walking around. I know, very boring. I was walking around as they were talking to each other and introducing themselves. And I got to the back and it was this guy and a girl. And they both said, we're going to Taylor Swift too. And I said, what? <laughs> One of them has opening night tickets in Arizona. Whoa. Which I. Taryn, that could have been you. Taryn, that could have been you. Which that's a choice, you know? Yeah. That's you, wild. That's wild. And then the other. Are they one, like from Arizona or they just requested that city so they I could go to the opening the night? I got the feeling it was just the opening night. Yeah. It's the feeling wow, I got. Good for them. I know. And then the other one is going in Houston. So, Esther, be on the lookout yeah. for my student who I can't. I'm, I'm so excited probably. that we together get to see her at Gillette, which will be incredible. I will. Like, pe- I think I might die. It's gonna be so great because some of her best shows have been at Gillette. Like, I think I might pass away from this earth. <laughs> honestly. Guys, we get to see each other in person in like five months, four months. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> How are you <laughs> and I need two different, I need outfits. Uh, I know I know it's crazy I literally if I think about it too hard I think I could make myself cry I'm so excited I know me too me too so I I mean we're talking about this because now we're in the year where it's going to happen yeah this is so like I've been excited but now I'm like it's this year it's It's just a year of our months away Taylor Swift Taylor Swift absolutely i'm so excited even i can't even it's gonna gonna be be incredible it's gonna be the best time ever i'm so excited i can't i I will cry and i really want her to do i don't know maybe we should do a whole taylor swift episode what songs (laughs) what songs do we want her to sing (laughs) special bonus episode because i want them to be different but i also want her to sing all of my favorite songs (laughs) right exactly 
I mean, this concert is going to have to be. It's going to be so long. So long. An Eras concert and to do it well. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't wait. I'm just so excited. It's. it's, I just have so many different levels of excitement for it because I get to see you again. Obviously, that's one of my top priorities with it. But also, it's just gonna be so fun because I've never seen Taylor Swift live before. so excited and it's with two of my other best friends also so it's three of my best friends and me get to go see taylor swift together and it's it's gonna be amazing and this is gonna be such a good year i can feel it i can feel feel it I know your I mean your life is gonna change it is it absolutely is you're gonna be in this you're gonna breathe the same air as Blondie the same air the same air and it's gonna be the best air of my (sighs) life in a room with 70,000 other people 70,000 it'll be amazing it's gonna be freaking incredible (laughs) yes it absolutely is I'm so excited well yeah so we're good I I like how we just we just went on that little tangent you know (laughs) Let's talk about what we're reading. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, what we are reading right now. I am currently... Okay, so I did... I feel like I have to mention this because it was the big thing. Yeah, yeah. And so many people have been like, when are you reading book two? When is it going to happen? Book two of what? I started... I started finally reading From Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout. Yes, she did. I did my little story reaction. And I added some video reactions this time, theorizing things. Mixing it up. Yeah, I went way more intense than I did for Throne of Glass. And I made already two highlights on my bookstagram full of just speculation. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it was so fun. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's such a good book. And... I can't wait to read book two. So many people have been like, when are you reading book two? And I was like, guys, I I have other books I need to read too. I, I've been to book clubs. I just, I, I'm all over the place. So I, I just finished that. I will be starting book two, maybe by the end of this week, depending on how quickly I get through the book I'm currently reading, which is The Wrath and the Dawn by Renee Adier. And it's very good. It's a super, super quick read. It's like an Arabian, I don't, I can't tell if it's fantasy or not. <laughs> it's oh that's funny it's magical realism in a way because there was something that happened with a flaming sword and i'm like how did that happen because the rest of it is just historical fiction they're mentioning real places yeah so i'm just having trouble placing it i'm like is this a real place and there's she's the girl in the story the girl in the book is telling the story of aladdin so i'm like is this real i don't know i'm confused but i'm having fun well good so well fun maybe too strong of a term because she's going through it but it's yeah yeah yeah. okay okay okay. it's fast-paced book it flows really smoothly it's ya yeah it's good it's it's enjoyable so far i will say you i mean if you're gonna read it by the end of this week that's good don't take too long between books because and i think that world is baffling You mentioned it at one point, all the different people and species and bloodlines yeah, and whatever. I'm not going to be able to take long breaks in between these no, books because I'm going to get lost. <laughs> yeah, I took way too long when I read From Blood and Ash and then it's Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. That's the second one. Yes. I took way too long a break because I started Kingdom of Flesh and Fire and I was like, the who, the what? Who? What? Yeah, I, was I do plan so lost. on 
getting through it pretty quickly at the yeah. start of the year. It's also a super fast read. I was like, this book is the edition I was reading was 600 pages. And yeah. I was like, it doesn't feel like 600 pages. It really pages. doesn't. It I think there's by. so much dialogue that mm-hmm. it really helps it go yeah. by quickly. And the action is sliced in mm-hmm. at good intervals in the mm-hmm. first one. So it yeah. keeps it moving. Yeah. But. It's so funny because this book is such a people either hate it or they absolutely adore it so i was very relieved when you loved it (laughs) esther especially esther was like i don't know what i'm gonna do if you hate this we can never speak again yeah i didn't think i would hate it but i definitely liked it so much more than i anticipated and i was like man i get the hype now i get why people are obsessed with this series because it was poppy is our queen Oh, Poppy's incredible. I love love her her. so much already. Oh, she's she's the the best. best. She's so good. Okay, well, I'm currently rereading The Night Circus by Erin Morgenstern. Another great book. Another fantastic book. So this one's really fun because I'm reading it with a buddy read with my dad. So I... I love that. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Well, he read The Starless Sea last year and really enjoyed it. And so for Christmas, I got him a copy of The Night Circus. And then the other day, he texted me a picture of the first page. And I read the text that he sent and then I was just, I wanted to reread it. So I texted back and I said, should we buddy read? Yes, I love (laughs) that. So we're reading the first part and we're going to discuss on Monday. That's our nice. that's our discussion day. So yeah, that's I really love exciting. That. That's so I know. Fun. I kind I just, of hope we can uh, turn this into a, a monthly thing. I think that'd be really fun. That would be, It'd be I really love great. that for you. I know. I don't know if my dad has like ever read a fiction book. Um so <laughs> there's lots of good nonfiction out there. <laughs> um I don't know that he really reads in general. <laughs> His reading is like guidebooks about the north main woods probably oh, well that's um, cool yeah um, informative probably, he reads a lot of maps he's a cartographer you should read the cartographers yeah. together uh, he wouldn't like it he wouldn't like it <laughs> i know so my dad visited me was that in october and i was still i mean it was this semester so i was still working a little bit yeah and he was here for a few days, so he got here and he said, all right, what books am I reading? And so I gave him a whole stack of books. So when he was here, what did he read? He read Cultish. He read this book I have. It's this collection of essays. It's called I Hate Men. Nice. He read it. I was like, yeah, dad. <laughs> it was great. Those might have been the only two he read when he was here. I don't remember. And then he read nice. The Starless Sea. Oh, he read John Green as well. Anthropocene mm. Reviewed. That's what he read. That's a good one. That's a good one. And he's read all of his YA stuff as well. So, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. My mom reads more than my dad for sure. But I got my mom last year. (laughs) Me and my sister in law were like, okay, have you read these books, A Court of Thorns and Roses? (gasps) And we (laughs) We got my mom to read all of them. I don't know if she's read Silver Flames yet. But what did she think? She really liked it. She like tore through it because they're super fast reads but she loved it it was so oh that's amazing yeah my mom listens to audiobooks exclusively and she listens to mystery thrillers so 
Ooh. they're too scary for me. <laughs> I was gonna say that's not really your it's not my scene. <laughs> it's not my scene. So yeah. yeah. Well, let's how long have we been? <laughs> oh gosh, a long time already. Sorry, it's been folks. So long. <laughs> hey, at least we're funny. We just love talking to each other so much, which I is know. why we do this podcast. Okay, well, today we are talking about the one, the only, the icon, the moment. The moment. The moment. The original enemies to lovers? Oh my gosh, yes, 100%. The original. (laughs) We are talking about Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Yes, 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 yes. My favorite book of all time. This is my favorite. Absolutely. I don't know that I can choose one, but it's up there. It's top three. I think it's for just, sure. I mean, I'll lead us into our um, order yeah. of reading and viewing experience with this. I think it just was a book that I read when I was young. I was probably 12 or 13 when I read it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was very into reading, but this was a book that I was like, wow, books can really transport you to a different place. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy that this is the book that did that because it's not like it's a fantasy. It's not like I had read Harry Potter already which was very much transporting you to another place but yeah. there was just something about Pride and Prejudice that just hit me at the right time and I absolutely fell in love with it. I think it's because it was classic literature like it's a classic and I was like wow this is what literature can be Yeah, and totally. this story from 1813 just made me feel giddy and mm-hmm. delighted and I just fell in love with it so I read it pretty young and I I read this really cool edition. It's an annotated edition. It's like a young reader's edition. So it's the original text, yeah, but cool. it has insets on the side that explain the language and stuff. So oh, it nice. also made it super accessible to 12-year-old me yeah. so that I could understand it. And I I guess that's also part of it is just going into it with that kind of analytical lens and like getting so much more out of the story in that way. Yeah. But that's I very just cool. loved it. I loved it so much and I've read it. Oh gosh. I don't even know how many times since I read it a lot. <laughs> it's so a lot. good. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then I watched the movie. We watched it. I don't think we read the book, but we watched it in one of my high school English classes. Mm-hmm. And I was losing it. Me and my friend Michaela were like, oh my God, it's amazing. And everyone else was like, what are we? Why are we watching this? And I was like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Cass is crying. I probably was, honestly. And then I watched. <laughs> I've watched the movie, the 2005 movie, so many times. So many times. But guys, I'm going to expose myself. I still have Is not she a true fan? Many- Hello, friends. Editing Mad's debut announcement. For some reason, the audio cut off here, but what Cass was saying is that she somehow has not seen the BBC version, the miniseries of Pride and Prejudice. And what proceeds is me shaming her endlessly for not having viewed it. Oh, I'm not. She's not. Uh, she claims like it's her so favorite book. I know, I know. And I'm you so own it. I don't know. I know I own it. And I have owned it since the summer. And yeah. I said when we recorded with Allison in November, I was like, I have time to watch it finally. Has she watched it? it? No. No. Guys, I'm embarrassed. I'm honestly, frankly, humiliated. What is wrong with me? I can't believe you can even show your face on this podcast, frankly. I'll have to to stop my video. I can't. (laughs) No, come back. Yeah, oh, you know. have to. You I have, have a problem, to. I guess. I don't know. Because I know it's going to be good because everyone loves it. It's a better. It's, it's better. not Maybe not. 
Yeah, it's a more faithful adaptation, a hundred percent. I know that. I've heard that. I yeah, because it's why I six hours it. long. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. It's not like I haven't had six hours across my life that I could watch this what is wrong with me oh man listen 2023 goal is to watch it <laughs> yes i'll do it i'll do okay. it and then okay. we can do another pride and yes. oh episode, we will talking about both of them in one episode would have been a lot anyway it would have been. So. Uh, seen how many tangents yeah. we've already gone yes on exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> We're a mess. Guys, we have a huge. very structured document and we, we really still get do. off task. We like, do. Imagine oh. if we didn't have it. We'd be sunk. It'd be like three hour episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, so I distinctly remember watching the BBC version first as a child. Like before you read? Before I read. Cool. Probably as a, I mean, we were living in Virginia, so I was younger than sixth grade and I feel like Mm -hmm. I was in elementary school. And I remember it because there's a scene when Lizzie is visiting, spoilers, when Lizzie is visiting Charlotte and Mr. Collins. And Mr. Collins is showing Lizzie the house and he shows her a closet and he says, look, shelves in the closet. (laughs) As this totally novel thing. No. And that scene, I just remembered. I remember that so clearly as a kid. So I'd I ask remember mom, it all too well. I remember it all too well. <laughs> I was there. When did It was hair. rare. It was rare. So I saw that first. Now, again, I for a long time only remembered the shelves in the closet. So did I remember the yeah. story at all? No. <laughs> but I did see the BBC version. And then I read it in seventh grade because I remember doing this right. reading project on it. It's Our so teacher, great. We probably read it in the same year. Isn't that I think wild? so. That's crazy. That's so wild. <laughs> so crazy. And I read that one because it was this independent reading project and our teacher had given us all of these options and mm-hmm. I had already read all of them. Oh, wow. And so I, because same thing, I was a reader and I was at this tiny private Christian school just limited options and so i had read all of the books and so i said can i choose another book that i haven't read to do Mm -hmm. this reading project on and so i got to do it on pride and prejudice that was when i first read it and then i don't remember when i saw the 2005 kira knightley version but Mm -hmm. it is 100 my comfort movie i watch it constantly i also now watch the bbc version constantly i It is my go-to movie when I'm doing a deep clean or I'm organizing my apartment or my room or whatever it is. That's what I watch. It is how my cat Wally got his middle name because (laughs) I probably told this on our first episode, but I'm going to tell it again because I had just moved into a new apartment. So I had so much organizing and unpacking to do. And so I was watching, I was watching the movie version and Colin Firth plays Mr. Darcy and I couldn't stop Mm -hmm. talking about Colin Firth. And so then I got Walter and I said, well, that's your middle name. It's Walter Collin. Yeah. What it is. Walter Collin. But yeah, I love it. Yeah. I've also seen the YouTube series, The Lizzie Bennett Diaries. I don't know if you've watched that. That's another fun one. I did not. I didn't even know that it existed until you mentioned it yes. when we recorded with Allison. Yeah. yeah. That was high school through my freshman year of college that that was on the YouTube. And... Which is where you are now. Oh, I'm there now. <laughs> oh, maybe we'll talk about that at the end. But yeah, so I watched that and then what's the other one? Lost in Austin. Have you seen that one? Nope. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Gemma Arterton is Lizzie. 
And the okay. other girl finds herself in London, England. Mm-hmm. And they Lizzie escapes because she wants out. She wants a life in the modern world. And so the oh, main wow. character finds herself trying to keep up the story of Pride and Prejudice. Oh, and interesting. It's just very funny and very fun. And they do a play on the... You haven't seen it, but there's the scene of Colin yeah. Firth coming out of the lake with his white shirt. It's so good. It's so good. Wow. So good. Okay. I'll have to check that out. I also, okay, this is another, I'm going to embarrass myself some more. I guess that's what we're doing today. <laughs> this is also the only Jane Austen book that I've ever read, which I feel like if this is my favorite book of all time, you would think that I would have read some of her others. That's okay. You're, you're, I, I haven't either. I tried to read Sense and Sensibility. I actually tried to read Sense and Sensibility when I was in sixth grade before I read Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. And I was so confused because there were 500 Miss... I didn't understand the difference between Mrs. Dashwood and Miss Dashwood. Oh, There were all these Miss Dashwoods and I was so Mm -hmm. confused from the get-go that I said, forget it, I can't. (laughs) So I gave up on it because I got too confused. But yeah, I I haven't read any either, but I know basically the plot of all of them. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah. I love the Sense I, and Sensibility movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Haven't seen that either. Ah! I'm Okay, know. that's we have to do that. And then because we have the persuasion movie now too. We got yes. we got work to do. And there's Emma. There's an there's Emma adaptation. Emma. Oh, there's I haven't like seen a bunch of Emma adaptations. Okay, there this are. is gonna be the year of Jane Austen. I I'm think we should come here in. for I think it. We do it. The I think year we should of Jane too. Austen. Mm. Yes. I love it. So we kind of jumped out of order on our document here a little bit, but we're going to zip back to the plot synopsis. And I mean, it has a plot, but it also kind of doesn't. It's You know how there's like hangout movies where it's just people hanging out? This is a hangout book. It's just people hanging out, gossiping, falling in love. It is a love story, but yeah. it's just a a time in the life of these people living in the regency era just chilling going to parties running away eloping Mm -hmm. and causing a huge scandal lydia have you seen the i don't know if it's a goodreads i know there's an amazon one as well but one of the one star reviews oh gosh of pride and prejudice (laughs) is literally what you just said it's this is just about a bunch of people going to each other's houses (laughs) It is, it is. It is. But it's just Jane Austen's writing is so good. I it's just so good. the way that she weaves together this story, I freaking love it. And honestly, on this last reread I did, because we are in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Books, so we mm-hmm. all picked a book. Mm-hmm. There's six of us, and we send the book to the next person, we annotate it. I chose Pride and Prejudice for mine. So I started with it. And I, because I was annotating it, I was picking up on things that I hadn't noticed before and I was having so much fun but really what stood out to me on this read through was that this is a story also about gossip and how important gossip historically is in society it's like Mm -hmm. that's how people get crucial information is through gossip I also recommend if you have not listened to it which I mean I don't know who hasn't listened to it yet but normal gossip it's a great podcast where they just tell gossip stories and I love it so much when they talk (laughs) about the role that gossip plays and what it means to gossip and how historically gossip has been used as a means of communication so i love that i love gossip i'll admit it i'm all the, f- oh. the first person to admit it i am here for I the tea gossip. 
And there is a book for the hot goss that that kind of centers that conversation. Like people are always gossiping in Mm -hmm. this book. And it is part of what leads to some of the complications in the plot of people misunderstanding each other because of gossip. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was so interesting. And I also really what stood out to me this read through was the way that people's parents shape them for better or for worse. It was a cool social commentary in a way. Mm hmm. Because they all became who they are because of the sisters, especially the Bennett sisters, are the way that they are because of their parents. And their parents impacted each of them differently. So Mm -hmm. it's really cool. But you don't see that in the movie. Mm Yeah, you don't. That's that's specific to the book. Maybe the miniseries. I don't know. But I just loved in this reread how snarky she was whether it was via lizzie or via any character even just like narrator comments sometimes were so snarky and kind of you know underhanded and i was it was so fun jane austen is a sassy queen she was like i'm holding nothing back Mm -mm. she was laying it all out (laughs) she's like you'll barely even let me write i'm gonna go for it well so it'll come as no surprise to anyone listening to this that Cass and I both gave Pride and Prejudice a five out of five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's my favorite book. Like, <laughs> could I give my favorite book anything less than five no. stars? I wish I could give it 10 stars. You can. We make the rules. On Goodreads, it has an average of 4.28, which... Respectable. Respectable. Especially for a classic. Because a was lot of classics say get that. way lowballed. I haven't yeah. read a lot of classics, honestly. But a lot of them can get pretty low rated because people don't want to read classics a lot of time. But yeah. this one stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. It is so enjoyable to read. If you've never read Pride and Prejudice, I mean, I guess why would you be listening to this if you've never read it? Maybe some people are, <laughs> but if you're listening to a whole podcast episode about it, you're gonna but if you haven't please read it it's so fun i will walk you through it jody at jody reads read it for the first time for our sister traveling books and she said that the annotations that those of us who had the book before her were super helpful so if you want an annotated version i'll do it again i will reread it honestly i want to do it to all of my copies because now I regret sending that copy on because I'm like, I want to look back at my annotations. I know. I'm waiting. I know. I'm waiting for it to come back. For so many it. months now. I know. I miss it. I miss it. I want to see what everyone else said. So I'm going to reread it again when I get it back. But I know. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like so off the wall today. It's that late night recording. That's what it is. Ooh. I'm yes. trying to see who reads the audiobook. I'm wondering if the audiobook. I was looking at it on Scribd the other day. There's also 10 different versions of the audiobook, and yeah. I didn't recognize any of the names. Yeah, I don't really notice any of these on Libby. I also am still fairly new to audiobooks, so I'm not familiar with a lot of the popular audiobook readers. The only right. person I know is Jim Dale. He's the yeah. only audiobook person I can name by name. Yeah. So. Well, I just know that sometimes for these kind of classics, they have celebrities read books. Yeah. So, for example, there's a few Agatha Christie's that are read by Dan Stevens. Yes. And- Rosamund Pike, this, after the show, she read The Wheel of Time. Is that the one that she really yeah she she <gasps> read she did an audiobook of i think the first two at least oh i might yeah. have to re- i might have to listen she's, to that because she's in the show yeah i've never really felt the desire to read those books but i was like i really like rosamund pike
like so i love her and i really liked the show okay we have to stop okay yeah we're <laughs> we have to stop okay the movie. today <laughs> we're talking about the 2005 movie adaptation yes the movie Rotten Tomatoes, I was actually pretty surprised by this one. I thought it was going to be lower, honestly. The tomato meter, 87%. Quite respectable for Rotten quite Tomatoes. Quite respectable. The audience score, 89%. Listen, this movie is great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great movie. IMDb, of course, 7.8 out of 10. 7. It's always 8. 7 point something. Always. Um, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I do love it. But again, I feel like I have to view it with a slightly more critical eye now. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a faithful adaptation, but I do. And I'll talk about it when we get to changes. I understand the changes that were yeah. made. I yeah. still love it. There's a couple parts where I'm like, eh. But yeah, nine out of 10 for me. Yeah, I still love it. I gave it a nine and a half out of 10 and the half point is deducted because of the last five, six minutes of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll talk about it. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, Yeah, we'll get there. I think it's good that we do this together because you definitely are much more critical about the movies than I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I am. I try to be because I want to be realistic about it. And yeah. try not to let just my love for things blind me. I know. It does sometimes. I'll hear nothing bad about this book, mind you. The movie, I'll, I can take some heat on the movie. This book, though, you None. do not speak a word against my baby. We shall hear none of it. All right. So to finally get into our breakdown. <laughs> Sorry, friends. We'll we'll get well. Some of this we'll get through pretty quickly. So we're gonna talk about casting and acting. We're gonna talk about how similar, how faithful of an adaptation it is. We'll talk about any negative or positive changes or just feelings we have about the adaptation we don't have any questions today we might come up with some we'll see we'll talk about the setting we'll talk about the soundtrack the vibes and then we do have some quotes mostly from the book but a few funny quotes from the movie as well so let's start off with the casting acting. So up first, we basically have the Bennett family. <laughs> yeah. So, Elizabeth Lizzie Bennett, played by Kira Knightley. Yep. I love her version of Lizzie. It's the little facial expressions that she has are just, mm-hmm. they speak volumes. And I just, I love it so much. I love this version of her. She it's definitely like gets feistier. the- Yes. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. definitely gets the kind of snarky, like yeah. you said, the smirks. She really nails mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. In terms of the older sister propriety vibe, I don't get that as much. Right. But yeah. definitely she nails she nails the snark. Her older sister, played by Rosamund Pike, Jane Bennett. Mm-hmm. Yes. The whole point of this character is that she's kind and pretty, which and like Rosamund Pike. If that is not Rosamund like, Pike, I don't know who it is. Yeah, like she does spot on. Who it is. See, (laughs) I think she is a better casting of Jane than in the BBC version. Oh. I don't think in the BBC version, I I think Lizzie is prettier than Jane in the BBC version. Oh, interesting. Just because like not Jane's supposed to be this stunning, stunning, beautiful, like leagues above all her sisters. Right, 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 right. right. Which, yeah, Rosamund Pike most certainly is. Truly one of the most beautiful people on the planet. <laughs> it's wild. It's really dumb, honestly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then we have the next oldest sister. Truly, what better personification of a middle child than Mary Bennett? Honestly. In this, she's played by Tallulah Riley, who I know nothing about, but <laughs> you had a note for this casting. <laughs> I think she's too pretty. Uh, sorry. I mean, she's too like I mean, cute. Yeah. 
And Mary's dodgy and, you know. Mary's just kind of there. She's forgotten about a lot. Right. She's nobody's favorite. <laughs> She's never going to get married, probably. She just I don't think so. sings poorly. And I, yeah, I just thought Tallulah was, she's too cute. She's too cute. That's what it is. She looked, yeah. you would notice her, I feel like, mm-hmm. because yeah. she was so sweet looking and pretty. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't mean that. Like, she's, anyways. Yeah. And then we have Lydia, the second youngest sister, played by Jenna Malone of yeah. Hunger Games fame. She, and I, can't, I can't stand her. She did a great job. I know. Yeah, she did a great job. Because you're, I mean, Lydia sucks. That's Lydia the whole sucks. Point. Like, she sucks. Although her and Wickham's storyline just gets so reduced down yeah. that their suckiness doesn't fully come across Mm-mm. in the movie. Mm-mm. And so there's that. And yeah, then yeah. The, the youngest Bennett sibling, Kitty, is played by Carrie Mulligan, who, who she does a great job again. And she's been in so much. She's a rock star. Yeah. (laughs) She really is. And it's so funny because all I think about is her and Pride and Prejudice. Anytime I see her, I'm like, oh, that's Kitty. (laughs) Every time I see her, I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> There's yeah. although she is phenomenal in promising young woman if you have not seen that movie oh it is good. i i have it it was one that looked really interesting but it looked too scary so i looked up the whole plot on wikipedia <laughs> so i know what happened <laughs> it's so good i i think you should still watch it now you know what happened so it won't be scary i mean it's not really scary but yeah maybe we'll see i don't know <laughs> scary is my scary is basically anything that makes me go tense up. Tense. Tense is scary to me. I don't oh. want to be tense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a bit. Right. And then <laughs> next up, uh, Mr. Bennett, played by Donald Sutherland. He's incredible. He's a he's lot so more good. fun than the Mr. Bennett in the book. Yeah. But he's what I think of when I think of Mr. Bennett. Yeah. I he's just, just so, so fatherly. Yes. Yes, and, he is. Oh, that I one love- scene where he just laughs and laughs and laughs. <laughs> it's so I love good. he like holds his teeth in or whatever yes. he's doing. I um, I loved on the DVD the special features they have a special of all of the actors getting familiar with the house, the Bennett house. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this? I don't think so. So, it's just really about how the cast got along and the chemistry mm-hmm. the cast had. And every part that has Donald Sutherland in it, he is just gushing about how oh. much he loves <laughs> all of the girls. And there's a few with it's him and Tallulah, and she's just kind of leaning against his legs. Oh. Like, it's so, so sweet. So it really just does feel so, it feels like a warm hug. I just love him in yeah. this. It, mm-hmm. He's definitely, like you said, not a faithful representation right. of Mr. Bennett, yeah. but I don't care because i love it so much (laughs) i mean the movie had to make both he and mrs bennett a little more palatable yeah (laughs) or people would probably not have liked the movie as much yeah um so then mrs bennett played by brenda blethin hilarious i love her it's like the fainting (laughs) dramatics yes my poor nerves and yes. the, it's just the voice. It's got to be this high, mm-hmm. like voice, like breathy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was great. I, I. She's hilarious. I love her. And that's the thing, because like, <coughs> so she makes Mrs. Bennett funny. Yes, she makes yeah. all of those quirks and things funny. Whereas, They're a little more charming. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And he makes the you know 
hands off also seem loving and mm-hmm. and charming right. in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Charlotte Lucas, who is Lizzie's best friend, played by Claudie Blackley. She's she's Charlotte. I mean she's, she's Charlotte. She's plain looking. She's, plain. she's I so this is another one I think this is a better casting I think she's really too pretty for Charlotte in the BBC one ah okay because in the BBC one she's kind of elegant and oh and she's very much spot on Mm -hmm. in in my opinion for for Charlotte (laughs) she is she does a great job yeah she does a great job Mr. Bingley played by Simon Woods Mm -hmm. he's just so adorable he's like a little golden retriever he's so cute he does it so well yeah he is he's the perfect Mr. Bingley yeah his sister Caroline who is just mean, mean played by Kelly Riley and um, she she's, she's great in the role. She has that snooty upturned nose kind of thing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, Caroline is a lot nicer in the movie than she is in the book. Yeah. Like she's brutal in the book. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And this it's so funny cuz she's another one. She's super famous for Yellowstone now. Oh, I didn't know that. I've never seen that. So Yeah, she's in Yellowstone. She's also in Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. She's Watson's fiance. Mm-hmm. But I only ever think about her. I'm like, oh, that's Caroline Bingley. <laughs> right? <laughs> she yeah. definitely is so good at the air and manner of walking, manner of talking. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and then, of course, the king. The, the king. king of this movie. Mr. Darcy is played by Matthew McFadden, mm. and he, I mean, I love him because this is the only version of Darcy I've seen, but I just, he, the way that he just looks so uncomfortable the entire time is hilarious because that's oh how Darcy is. In the book, he's just stiff and He's just grouchy. waiting to leave. Yeah. Waiting yes, to be exactly. on his own. <laughs> Yes, yeah. and Matthew McFadden's hand did all the acting we needed oh, him to do in this movie. What else did he need to do? So, he nailed it, that he one part. It. That's he all nailed we needed. It. Yeah, I really like him as Mr. Darcy. Colin Firth, I mean, just as a product of he has six hours to play Mr. Darcy. He's my favorite Mr. Darcy, but I think he does an incredible job. I My favorite part about his performance in this movie is you see him kind of go, he is very uncomfortable and uptight, but you do kind of see him relax as he gets familiar with Lizzie. And I feel like you can really see that throughout the movie. And I love Mm -hmm. that. I love seeing that development in his character. I think Mm -hmm. he does a great job with that. Yeah, I agree for sure. I love him. He's, Mm -hmm. mm, I love him. Yes. (laughs) I love him too. Honestly, I just, oh, he's such a little cute. And then we have the dastardly Mr. Wickham, played by Rupert Friend. He is not a friend. Rupert Friend. He no, he's not. He's the budget version of Orlando Bloom. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but Orlando Bloom and I have the same birthday. Oh, really? Yeah, that's so funny. Two Capricorn babies (laughs) this week, this Friday. Yeah, that's so funny. Anyways, yes, Mr. Wickham. I mean, he's a good Wickham, but again, it's like... He's got good hair. He's luscious, luscious locks. He's just like not in it very much. no. And then we have potentially one of the best performances in the movie, if we're being honest. Mr. Collins, played by Tom Hollander. He just kills it. Kills the it. The delivery of every single one of his lines is perfect. It's so perfect. It's so good. He's just, he's good. Yeah, he's this short, 
weird guy who is he makes you so uncomfortable with, yeah he's obsessed with lady catherine de berg he wants to marry someone and yeah he's just awkward and weird and nobody really likes him no one likes him and not even lady catherine no he just nails the performance i cannot picture anyone i mean i again i haven't seen the bbc so but- yeah tom he does a great job. BBC Mr. Collins is just so creepy. Oh, he just makes you go like, oh, it's so good. I love when Lizzie goes to meet Lady Catherine for the first time and he just stands in the whatever room that is just so stiff and then inclines his head and I'm just, ugh. My favorite scene is the one where he goes to talk to Mr. Darcy at the party. Oh my gosh. he's just like short and like tapping him on the back. Yes. So So funny. So bad. And then, of course, with that comes Lady Catherine de Berg, played by none other than Dame Judi Dench. Dame Judi! She makes every role iconic, so... She's so good. Yes. That's all there she is to say. She just that menacing aspect yeah. of this character down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She She's a mean lady. Yeah. yeah. And then the last character that we included in our casting is Georgiana Darcy, played by Tamsin Merchant, who, she's not really in it a lot, but she's so cute she's not in the book that much either so no she's not she was really cute really pretty i loved her Mm -hmm. hair i want her hair yes yeah (laughs) my only no yeah she's not in the book that much but even in the book she's very shy and reserved and kind of awkward because of things she's gone through and in the book she's much more kind of young free-spirited outgoing yeah which i do like it is enjoyable to watch and it's fun to watch that dynamic between her and her brother and then also with lizzie but Mm -hmm. not necessarily how she's portrayed in the book percent similar to the book i kind of struggled with this i put 80 to 85 percent yeah it's hard to put a specific number to it for this one for me definitely an abridged version right and i think this was a smart decision filmmaking wise if you're making just one movie not an extended series of it they focus a lot more on the romance between both lizzie and darcy and jane and bingley Mm -hmm. which makes sense and i think that the changes that they do make make it a better movie movie for modern audiences yeah that being said there are quite a few changes it is quite different but nothing that takes away from the overall plot it still keeps the substance of the story and i think you could watch this movie and then read the book and it'll fill in the gaps but you won't feel like wow that i was totally misled by that yeah like it's still similar enough that you get the overall story Mm-hmm. in my opinion but. yeah i totally agree and i think you know much like we've discussed with a lot of other adaptations there is a lot of depth that you're missing from the movie right. because Absolutely. yeah you just you within the time constraints you're not able to really do any of that justice mm-hmm. so i agree i do think it's a regency yeah. romance movie is mm-hmm. what it is and so yeah they really they really hone in on that in the movie we already talked about this a little bit in terms of lizzie and her character she in the movie they make her feistier which is great because i think it is a nice little touch of modern feminism in this older setting Mm -hmm. so i think it's really cool in that aspect but it does make her character a little more immature also in some ways whereas in the book she's very a lot more stately and put together Mm -hmm. than in the movie there are some scenes like when she walks to 
oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the house that Bingley rents, but when she walks there. Netherfield Hall is at last. And she, her dress is covered in mud. That stays the same, but some of the way that she talks to other characters, especially her parents, is a bit more immature in the movie than in the book. Mm -hmm. She's a little more held together. It has that, like, I'm an older sister, so I have to set a good example for my younger sisters. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, it feels like Jane is the only one. Right. And Lizzie's just kind of like, I'm going to do whatever I want because... I don't fit in with my sisters. Yeah, I definitely agree. I keep the overall essence of her character, just a little, a different version of it. But. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that it does go to what you're saying. I think it makes her more appealing for modern audiences, younger women, you know, seeing this feisty, yeah. spunky main character. That's what mm-hmm. people want to see. That's what young girls want to see. So I do think definitely. that's part of that. Also in the book, there is a part where Lizzie realizes how she has been prejudiced against Darcy. And it's this great moment of self-realization that is very pronounced. And she kind of monologues a little bit in the book about how she was wrong. Mm -hmm. And now that's her also realizing, okay, I have feelings for him. Yeah. She starts to kind of put everything together and it's a very present moment in the book. And that just doesn't happen in the no. movie. Instead, the we movie get Lizzie isn't that mature. No. Instead, you get to her talking to her father and she's like, I love him. And you're like, well, why do you love him? You don't. (laughs) We have no reason to know you would love him. Yeah. In the book, it's just so. And again, it's so beautiful. And the writing and the way Mm -hmm. that she really comes around to it. And it's just so stunning. Just her journey of self-discovery throughout this Mm -hmm. book and realizing her own flaws. Because she kind of, for a lot of the book, is like, well, I am kind of better better than everyone else she's a little full of herself and that's yeah it's great in a lot of ways and I love her character but then she realizes it and she's like wow okay I'm uh, it's not like yes Darcy was very prideful and that was his big hang up but she also had the hangups so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you don't get that you see her see that through him as well one this is like a pretty big negative change to me is that in the movie they make the Bennett seem so much poorer than they yeah, are kind of shabby yeah in the book they're just kind of unconventional they're not poor they're not the wealthiest people but right. they're not poor whereas they're not the, struggling. when you watch the movie you're like okay they have mismatched clothes a little bit they look a little out of date compared to some of the other characters yeah whereas in the book Mrs. Bennett is always like let's let Lydia and Kitty go buy some new dresses and all this stuff so it, it was just definitely interesting looking at it from a more critical angle. Why did yeah. they do that? Mm-hmm. I think it definitely is another way to try and make it more charming and quaint and yeah, and to I think, emphasize more... the difference between yeah. them and Darcy and Bingley as well. Right. It's like they're poor rural folk. Yeah. And then Darcy and Bingley are the rich city folk. The rich city folk. <laughs> I mean, the Pemberley's just out in the middle of the country. Yeah. <laughs> And then the last thing we have is about Lydia and Wickham's storyline, which in the book is a much bigger deal. It is a huge deal. Huge deal. It's like a pretty big portion of the middle last part of this book. It Mm -hmm. is a huge point, and it's just such a scandal that these two would run off together unwed. 
And they're gone for a long time. Yeah. They searched for them for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas in the movie, it felt like it took a few days. Right. Which did not happen, in fact. Yeah. And this moment of them running away is absolutely traumatizing for every member of the Bennett family. Yeah. They are absolutely shook by this. It completely, they become the subject of the gossip in town. Mm -hmm. And it especially impacts Mrs. Bennett because she's devastated that Lydia would do this to her. Well, and then you get all the, you know, people coming to visit and trying to help. And it's like, no, they want to know what's happening. They want to tell everyone about what's going on. Yes. And then in the movie, you don't get Mrs. Bennett's quick turnaround to then like, well, I my daughter's married. You get it a little bit. But in the book, Lizzie is so critical of it. And she calls her mother a fool and all this stuff, like not to her face, but in her thoughts. And it's just so fascinating. And you don't get to go as deep into that in the movie. The only thing we get is that, is that all you think of or, you know... And then the the letter that Lydia writes to Elizabeth at the end of the book. And it's like, oh. One thing I love about the book too, which I don't know if it's necessarily a negative change because it would have been so corny to do this in the movie. But the book ends with a little recap of what everyone's been up to for the last two months. It's very much end of a coming of age movie or like the end of Legally Blonde (laughs) where it's like Warner graduated with no honors. And no (laughs) job. It just recaps what everyone's been up to for the past two months and it's so cute and I love it so much but they in no way could have done that in the movie and not had it be ridiculous yeah the one other in the BBC version when Lydia and Wickham come back there's a moment they're all going into the house and Lydia tells Jane like no I go in front of you now because I'm married I take your place now and it's this just makes you so mad Right, and like it's just in... there's there's no recognition of what yes. they have done at all. Right, and in the in the book, Lydia never really owns up to anything that she did, mm-hmm. and the movie just kind of makes her seem like this silly, flighty girl, and Wickham mm-hmm. seem like this kind of shady guy. In the book, the layers to this of Wickham trying to cheat people out of money and everything, and Lydia and how just, much in uh, all the different yes. cities and towns. Yeah, yes, it's so wild and you would never know any of that from the 2005 movie so it's definitely a lot more scandalous Mm -hmm. well what about things we enjoyed or positive changes good things Um, so the first thing that i put which is i don't necessarily love it but to make a marketable movie i see why they did it they make darcy's proposals in setting so much more cinematic and romantic which like they're great moments but in the book he's literally just like okay the first proposal is just in a house and they're in charlotte's house no yeah it's like nothing special both of the proposals in the book he's they're so spur of the moment he's like (laughs) i guess i could do this now he's just like overcome with these emotions that he does not know how to handle and that's sort of similar in the movie but in the movie the first one is in the rain in this Uh, i will never get over it i will never get over it it's so good it's so good (laughs) just the rain pouring down their faces yes yes they make it so much more and just the part when he walks through the misty fields too is just i love it's a 
stunning moment the way it's dark and as he gets closer it gets lighter and this the sun between their faces just like perfectly framed so beautiful it's It's so so beautiful beautiful. it doesn't happen they're on a walk yeah they're like they're just like they're in the street they're literally in a street they've (laughs) dropped kitty off at the lucas's and they're like yeah let's get married yeah, because she goes on those like little walks to like get away from, and then the- oh, that walk is—I love that walk so much in the mm. book. It's so good, it's so good. And they like plan everything out, and oh, they're so good. And the letters that are written in the book that you don't get the full scope of, anyway. Mm-mm. So they make it a lot more cinematic, which makes sense because it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, if we're being critical, it's not accurate, but yes, but I it's don't so care, beautiful. and I love it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> The music. Oh, oh the music. God. It's just so good. I love it. I That rain yeah. proposal scene. And then at the end when he looks at her mouth and she's, do I want to kiss you? I think I want to kiss you. And then they both are just like. <gasps> yes, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. I think I might watch oh. it after we finish recording. I want to watch it again. It's so good. And then another change. I kind of mentioned this earlier. They make in the movie Mr. and Mrs. Bennett seem like way better parents than they actually actually are in the book it's very clear that they have their favorites of their children Mm -hmm. they have favorites and they actually find some of their other children insufferable yeah and actually insufferable yes like legitimately the complaints that mr bennett has about almost all of his children lizzie he loves lizzie's his favorite jane he's like okay i get it she's pretty we're gonna be able to marry her off the others he's like they're terrible my my children are terrible and annoying so you can't put that in a movie i guess it just wouldn't play very very well in a movie no. and I get it I get why they had to change it and it makes sense and I I like these interpretations of the parents it's like a cuter version yeah again I think that's just another part where we get we don't get the depth of the family right. dynamics because of that yeah, and really absolutely. and I think because we don't have that I think that's one of the reasons we don't see Lizzie being more of that or having more of this mindset of I need to be a good example. I need to right. be more of the parent figure. Because in the book, mm-hmm. she and Jane have to do that because their parents won't do it. They can't do it. And so mm-hmm. they have to be the ones to be that example for their younger sisters, even if it's in vain. But they right. do still feel that responsibility because of that. So I think that's maybe one of the reasons we see the difference in Lizzie's character right. as well. That's true. Also, yeah. in I'm thinking now of a, as you talk about Lizzie and Jane, kind of a negative change. They're friendship i guess for lack of a better term they're so close in the book and they it doesn't come across the same way in the movie it just doesn't it doesn't hit the same yeah i feel like lizzie and charlotte's does you really see how close they are Mm -hmm. the only time i really feel that in the movie is after the first ball when they meet bingley and they are under the covers giggling it's so sweet but yeah Yeah. i i had never thought of that either that we don't this is much more pronounced in the book yeah definitely all right drum roll the most positive change that ever could have existed because again how you can't write this into a book no you can't write this moment you all know the moment we're gonna mention you know which was more culturally (laughs) significant the renaissance the renaissance mr darcy's hand flex after helping elizabeth into the carriage it's just so good i all hand can make millions (laughs) of women weak this this is the female gaze when they talk about the female gaze it is this 
moment because it's just such a visceral reaction to feeling emotion of getting and it's like it's like oh he wants her he He wants wants her her. (laughs) Yes. yes and it's just so clear and so visceral it's like it's so good it's so good i love it so much so good have you You can't write that (laughs) can't you can't have you seen the i don't remember i don't remember the name of the shop but there's a shop and they have a sweatshirt where it has the stages of the hand flex as an embroidered sweatshirt (laughs) yes i think i have seen that oh it's so good it is it's just so good yeah it just encapsulates everything in that one little movement I do. So in the book, when she's talking about, you know, well, when did she start to develop feelings for Darcy? She jokingly, or maybe not so jokingly, says that, well, it must have been the moment I saw his grounds at Pemberley and saw, you know, the estate there. Mm -hmm. And so I love the moment in the movie when she and her aunt and uncle arrive and she pops up in the carriage and looks at the house and just laughs. Right, because in the book, she's like, oh, man, I could have had this. I could, it could and have been mine. And she's like, what did I do? Yeah. But then she's also like, and then she explains it away to herself. She's like, well, he's this, he's that. Yeah. But then she sees him again and she's like, maybe I was wrong. And it's like, yeah. girl, girl. <laughs> Yes. We get it. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. so I do love that moment. She pops up, she laughs, and then I love it because the aunt and uncle both pop up and they're like, what did you see? What's so funny? Right. <laughs> and they're just lost the they're whole time so they're visiting lost. Pemberley because Lizzie is going through it. That section in the book is just her being in a right state. She just can't right. fathom yeah. what she's gotten herself into. And her aunt and uncle are just unaware. It's just, oh, you know Mr. Darcy right and she's like he proposed to me and I said no but she can't tell them this could be my home right it's so good I will say one thing this kind of goes I don't know it's just interesting in the book you see her aunt really persuading her away from Wickham and showing her like regard for Wickham and favor to Wickham and her aunt Mm -hmm. is really more involved in Lizzie's romantic life and she really relies on her aunt a lot and you don't see that at all in in the movie as well so that just made me yeah Mrs. Gardner is such a huge character in the book especially like the second half of the book mm-hmm. and helping Lizzie grow into herself and her feelings yeah. as an yeah. adult woman and yeah. it's just yeah, yeah she's a very important person to Lizzie and mm-hmm. in the movie she's just kind of there yeah <laughs> she gets her to Pemberley <laughs> they were supposed to go to the lakes where all the poets we went the to lakes die where all the poets go to die setting how we pictured it versus how it looks like on screen I mean, it's hard for me, again, to differentiate at this point. Yeah. When I read it, I picture a lot of these things. But the movie is set in the 1790s, whereas the book is at the time it was written. So 1813-ish. Mm-hmm. So there are some differences in the style of dress. But I yeah. wouldn't know that without having read up on this movie since becoming an adult. So. <laughs> I like the dance scenes. Yes. Want to go to a ball. I know. Me dance. too. It's a great, great yeah. setting. Enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Now, something I will die for is this soundtrack. Oh, soundtrack style vibes of this movie. Immaculate. Immaculate. Spot on. This soundtrack, when I say it is my life, that is not dramatic. No. It's my life. Mm -hmm. There have been multiple years where the composer is one of my top artists on Spotify. 
because when yeah, I am studying so or working or writing or doing anything for grad school, aka the last seven years of my life, yeah. I am listening mm-hmm. to that soundtrack. Do, 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 do. Ugh, <laughs> it's so good. So good. It just it puts me it right so in much. this meditative trance. It's so good. It's just, and you know, as soon as it starts, you know where it's from and what it is. And yes, yes, I love it so much. It's so good. It's so perfect. Well, I guess we'll just jump right into the quotes. Yeah, most of these are from the book just because I I get it's my favorite book. What do you people want from me? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm acting like I'm being attacked right now. I'm not. (laughs) I'm literally not. I'm putting this on myself. First quote right out the gate. Literally the opening line of the book. Yeah. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Must be in want of a wife. I don't, it just, you read that line and you're just like, I'm in Pride and Prejudice now. It's yeah. all, it's just so nostalgic for me at it's this point. It's the perfect snark. It's the perfect commentary. It's... It sets you up for the tone of the book. Yes. Perfectly. Perfectly. It's iconic. Absolutely. <laughs> the next, this is from the movie. the movie. I don't even know if it's said in the book, but Mr. Know. Collins, what excellent boiled potatoes. What excellent boiled po- Mr. Collins were perfectly something to keep a cook. <laughs> right? <laughs> to which of my fair cousins can I compliment? He's such a dummy. I love too when he's like, oh, is it Elizabeth or Mr. Bennett that asks? And are these comments, you know, come up in the moment or are they the product of prior study? Yeah. And he's like, I like to give them as unstudied an air as possible. Right. And he just Uh, like reads Bible verses to them nonstop. It's very interesting. (laughs) And then every other word is Lady Catherine de Bear, my patron. She has 45 fireplace. Okay, dude, we get it. I just, I love in the book how absolutely intolerable Mr. Bennett finds him. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It's but then so I funny. love after that, he kind of boasts about him. He's like, because yeah. then he like puts them, him and Wickham in competition. And he's like, I don't know. I think my son-in-law might be in, like better than Mr. Lucas's. <laughs> yeah. And then going on the topic of Mr. Collins. After Mr. Collins' proposal to Lizzie that Lizzie basically runs away from, she's like, I can't do this. She's talking to her parents and her father says, and this is in the book and in the movie, pretty much word for word. An unhappy alternative is before you, Elizabeth. From this day, you must be a stranger to one of your parents. Your mother will never see you again if you do not marry Mr. Collins. And I will never see you again if you do. What will she choose? (laughs) Hmm. And she's so close with her dad. And But then it's interesting because in the book, she kind of... Of starts to realize the flaws in both of her yeah. parents, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And then a classic, which a classic. people call this all. <laughs> I'm 27 years old. I'm already a burden to my parents. Oh, Charlotte. <laughs> Poor Charlotte. She Poor just... Charlotte. I love that they include that. Yeah. (laughs) I love that they include that, though, because that's that almost ruins their friendship when Elizabeth is like, why are you marrying him? He sucks. And Charlotte's like, I'm not you. I don't have these options. I in the movie, it makes it seem like their their friendship just goes back to normal. And I never got that sense in the book. I always felt like that was a huge wedge. It takes a long time. Yeah. And And it never goes back to the comfortability that it was. To what it was. 
Lizzie goes and visits them, but it's still like kind of shaky. Yeah. Here's another classic. I had not known you a month before I felt that you were the last man in the world whom I could ever be prevailed upon to marry. It's just so good. I love her. I love her. Uh, Elizabeth uh. Bennett means the world to me. And then the next line, there's a different version of it in the movie. Yeah. The movie version is, I, I love you most ardently. Most ardently. Most ardently. Most in the book, which I think is so much better, you must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. Which he has Colin so Firth. much. He says it. Line for oh. line, baby. Oh my gosh, I love that. Because it just, Darcy just garners this such respect for her at some point. And it, he just like, <laughs> he really starts to see her as his equal. Yeah. And it's just, it's so good. It's so good. And it's like, you must allow me to tell you. Like, yes. I'm, Please, I, you have to let me, me do this. Give me permission to yeah. tell you that I have these deep feelings for you. Yes. And I, I kind of <laughs> hate them, but I feel them. I hate them. And everything about me and my upgrooming <sighs> says I should not have them. And then quite possibly the best line from this book. I love this line. Is... It's almost at the very end of the book. It's mm -hmm. Elizabeth and Darcy are talking to each other about just their journey together and how they came to fall in love with each other. And it's so good. Elizabeth says, I cannot fix on the hour or the spot or the look or the words which laid the foundation. It is too long ago. I was in the middle before I knew that I had begun. Which and is I just... Oh. <laughs> and so I find good. this line... Now that I'm almost 30 and married, I find this so relatable. Yeah. Because this is one of the most accurate representations of falling in love. You mm -hmm. don't know yeah. when it happens. You can't pinpoint yeah. the exact moment you knew that you were in love with someone. It's right. just you're in the middle of it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I love this. Person. Right. You are There's maybe love. a moment where Taylor Swift all over the all place. Oh, everywhere. Yeah, because, you know, there's maybe a moment where you realize, oh, I should tell this person. Right. But that's not the moment that it happened, that you're suddenly right. in love. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, yeah. And I just, I love it so much. And uh, this book just set such high expectations for a teenage Cassidy on, like, <laughs> a great love story and all of this. and. But then it's not because it's also just such a simple thing. They're yeah. just two regular old people. Just two people. Yeah. You have to watch the so BBC much. version. Cassidy. I know. I know. I'm a fraud. Cassidy, I'm a you are literally going to die. It's just everything you've said, <laughs> it's in the BBC version. Oh, I know. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. We recommend you definitely read the book. Definitely read it, especially if you've never read it before. Especially if you've never it's read it. It's not and if as you... intimidating as you think it is. It is a classic. It's it is. It's like old, but I will find the edition that I read as a youth, if you would like it, that explains all the language. I will find it and tell you all it so you can read that one because it's yeah. just, it's very accessible. It seems like it wouldn't be because it's over 200 years old, but it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. So definitely read, especially if you love the 2005 movie. If you have not watched the BBC miniseries, this Leave is where this is where now with my YouTube career, I would zoom in on my face right now. Yes, I'm getting a very pointed look. Everybody, watch the I BBC deserve it. I deserve a lot worse. Just, it's so good. It's so good. It's a six-hour-long miniseries. It's incredible. That it is literally there are almost taken directly from the book. Most of it. Yeah. It's so good. It's so the acting is so good. It's so good. 
I would also say, I mentioned again the Lizzie Bennett Diaries on YouTube. Those are fun. I yes. did just recently over Christmas break. I watched a few of them and I was like, mm, these haven't aged well. Oh, no. <laughs> but but <laughs> just in terms of, you know, references and things like that. But it is it is yeah. a fun, you know, interpretation. If, you know, maybe you're like, well, I don't really know that I want to read Pride and Prejudice. You know, try another piece by Jane Austen. Yeah, we or, we can't. I mean, there's also tons of retellings of Pride and Prejudice. Tons of retellings. Honestly, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is kind of fun. Is it really? Oh man, I read it in high school, and it, it's goofy. It's definitely weird, but okay. I kind of liked it. Okay. <laughs> well, my favorite Pride and Prejudice retelling is A Certain Appeal by Vanessa King. Yes, and this is a Pride and Prejudice retelling in the burlesque scene. It is very very spicy so if you're not into a spicy book this is not the book for you (laughs) it's very spicy (laughs) but it's amazing i mean it's not like okay it's like a probably a three out of five spicy okay three and a half maybe (laughs) (laughs) but it's so good it's so fun it's my favorite retelling so i highly recommend that so our next episode is going to be a little different than our normal yes. review episodes. So we're going to consider this kind of a bonus episode. And yeah. we are going to use this episode to talk about the current strike that is going on at HarperCollins. So yeah. the unionized workers there have been on strike for two months now with no response mm-hmm. from Har- HarperCollins. And so we just kind of want to dive into that. What's going on there? What has led to this? What has happened since the strike has gone on? And kind of just, you know, what are the importance of unions in our yeah. capitalist society? So that will be coming up. We're really excited to dig into that. This came about because we were going to review a HarperCollins book and then we realized it was a HarperCollins book. Yeah. So we're that like, kind of led us Ooh. to talking about we should we should address this and dig into this a little bit more instead yeah. of reviewing one of their books. So that'll right. be a bonus and episode. Just to use our platform for something that feels productive and meaningful because yeah. granted like this may be a small platform, but we think it's important, especially yeah. as readers. And HarperCollins is one of the largest publishers huge of Huge publisher. So I know. Now that this is happening, I look at all my books and I'm like, wow, that Harper, Harper, Harper. <laughs> Our next review episode after that will be The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. I'm going to revisit uh, one of my favorite childhood books yeah, for sure. And, and, mo- and kinda, movies. I have not seen the movie in so long. And mm-hmm. I only have ever saw the first movie i didn't see <gasps> prince caspian oh we're doing so all of them we're doing i didn't all see ben them. barnes no that was my like I introduction know. to ben barnes i don't even know what my introduction to him was he's forever and always my prince don't caspian know, but i love that so we're gonna kind of go back to childhood a little bit yeah. which is very exciting it is exciting uh, so that'll be our next review episode so in the meantime while you wait ever so patiently for a new episode you can email us um, at the red carpet pod at gmail.com if there's any adaptations you would like for us to cover if there's one that you would like to cover with us let us let know. us know if there's any books that you want us to fan cast definitely let us know because we do love doing those we haven't done one in a little while but we're always down to do those as far as the podcast apps go rate review subscribe all that fun stuff let us know your thoughts do all that jolly good behavior <laughs> i don't know what's up with me today i'm having a blast no. you can also find us on instagram at the red carpet pod i'm on instagram at fictional cast mad is on instagram and now YouTube oh. at Reading Rainbow. 
Oh, very exciting. He's on the YouTubes. So, yeah. All that information will be in the show notes. Also, the I'll put the link tree to the HarperCollins strike information there as well. <laughs> it was on the last episode because we, we mentioned it with Allison when we recorded in November, right when it started. And now it's January now and it's they January. are still going. So Oof. all that good stuff. Let us know your thoughts. If you want to be on an episode, let us know. We'd love to have some more guests on. If there's an adaptation you love or hate, let us know and we'll get you on <laughs> yes we will especially if you hate it <laughs> yeah because that would just be fun thing, so you know fun. it would just be so fun that's all for today thanks for listening to this chaotic pride and prejudice episode Ooh, we're proud and of it yes yeah, so someday in the future we will have another one when i finally watch the miniseries i promise i promise i'll do it this year okay. the year of jane austen the year of jane austen yeah. that's all for today xoxo madden cast bye Bye.